Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. appreciate my son Ryan you know what has taken me years to accomplish he he achieves naturally it's amazing how God is able to help someone have just an amazing natural talent you know if I were to get up here and start telling you stories about my life you'd all be yawning he gets up here and begins to tell stories and I mean I'm crap busting a gut too so it's uh and then it always applies so I really appreciate that Ryan thank you very much it's good stuff. Also, too, I want to appreciate Scott for stepping up right there in the clutch. That was very good. That was awesome. And uh, so we got some announcements, uh, and I hopefully we can get all through all of them very quickly. Uh, the Pleasant Hill uh, Fall Family Barbecue uh, that we've had in the past, we're resurrecting again. We're doing that today. I know it was supposedly Wednesday, uh, but you know, with the smoke and rain and kind of that transition time, uh, we decided to push it out to this evening. So if you want to come over to Compton Place for a barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, bring your favorite side dish, uh, vegetable dish, a fruit dish, uh, jalapeno kettle cooked uh, chips. That's one of my favorite side dishes anyway. So uh, one of your favorite side dishes. Well, for those of you who may just want to come out and haven't planned something, you know, this, those kinds of things are good. Uh, so anyway, tonight, 5 o'clock, would be great. Bring your Bible, too. And uh, how many, by the way, would be coming out? Can I get a show of hands so I know how many burgers? Maybe f- put the number of fingers up. Uh, okay, 1, 3, 4, 4, 20? Okay, sorry, 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 6, 6, 12. Okay, good. Okay, excellent. So probably 20, 25. Sounds good. We'll get her done. Excellent, great. If you change your mind, please feel free to come out. We got plenty. Uh, college age dinner tomorrow night, starting at five forty-five. Mrs. Compton will send an email out or a Viber message, whatever it is that you do. Messenger message, yes, out to everybody. We're going to change it up a little bit tomorrow night. Uh, Tuesday, ladies' study, seven o'clock. I guess it was Thursday. Why did I get Tuesday? Man, so Thursday, seven o'clock. Don't show up Tuesday. Thursday, 7 o'clock, Melissa's house. I heard it was a great turnout this last week. It's wonderful. That's great. And uh, Wednesday evening assembly will be at the Parks House, 7 o'clock. Next Sunday, Pumpkin Holiday Spice Bazaar meeting right after uh, assembly. Uh, Painting work days to be assigned. Uh, Whenever I get the thumbs up from Jeff, then I'll let you know. And uh, we'll get the man lift out here. And then uh, Family Portraits, Jamie Bamford will give me the thumbs up and I'll let you know. And uh, with that, I want to say thank you for everybody being so flexible. It's like we make this great calendar and then a fire starts and the rain happens and 2020 happens and the calendar changes. And so uh, anyway, I would tell a good joke right now, but I don't tell good jokes and you won't laugh, so I'm not going to do it. But it's a 2020 joke, believe it or not. Um, here we go, Jeff, Sharon, so thankful for your wisdom and insight in the working on maintaining this old building. 
how the old building looks is important for people's curbside appeal, um, our first initial uh, uh, impression. Praise God for your experience and willingness to invest in this way. Thank you very much. appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Scott, for your willingness to step up and cover for John this morning. Uh, you did an awesome job this morning with a great lesson of praise and prayer. Mrs. Ewing, you have a great smile. I love your sweet voice. Uh, I would say when you sing, uh, but you always have a sweet voice and uh, your pretty laugh. There you go. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to give this to Jacob. Jacob, if you're watching, Jacob Compton, thank you for honoring God through your life, praying that you continue to shine brightly for God among your co-workers. Amen. And Melissa, you are such an encouragement to me. Thank you for inviting me to your home for women's study. Your encouragement and preparation did not go unnoticed. God bless you uh, and all the ladies of the study. Angie, there you go. Good job. Okay. I'm so thankful for those who step up and serve. I know there are others, many, who have uh, stepped up. Uh, I don't know who cleaned the, uh, the kids' uh, play structure. I have an idea, Ben, who that might be, but I just think that uh, it wasn't the rain. So I don't look like you're innocent. Are you innocent? No way. Anyway, whoever did it, say, well, you should have just said, yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks. So anyway, well, it was a good guess. Oh, by the way, uh, we weren't here last week, and uh, the week before we sang happy birthday to Brian, and I got a hard time from Brian for singing happy birthday to them, and you know who the culprit was in pointing to him? It was the guy whose birthday it was. So I think we got to do something really, something very memorable for Ben, and I'm open for, I'm open for suggestions. Hey, Ben, come on up here. We're going to sing you happy birthday. Sure, come on. Yeah. This is like telling my son, Andrew, to go in his room and read a book. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. All right. So how old are you? 42. No way. 42? 42. <laughs> wow. I was going to say. I was going to say like 29 plus a lot of shipping and packing, but 42, we'll, we'll take it. Okay, here we go. Let's sing happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to Ben. See what I tell you? Come over here so people can see. Oh, this no. is Ben. This is Ben. This is the culprit. Okay, here we go. And then the whole world now sees you, man. Yep, okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you, 42. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's great. It's a good time. Oh, by the way, we do have calendars. October hasn't been updated yet, but we are living in 2020, so who knows what's to come. So calendars are out there. If you want to grab them, that would be great. Appreciate that. And I think I will put this in here and we'll be ready to go. Is there any other announcements I might have missed? Any other announcements I might have missed? Okay, very, very good. Then let's go for it. Hey, grab your Bibles and turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. And, and 16 and verse 11. And for those of you who might not be aware, this is one of the anchor verses for our theme this year. Uh, power in 
His presence. And uh, we're going to transition after we get done with this little mini-series on uh, the pleasures forever that God has for us. Uh, We're going to transition into our presence or Christ's presence through us in other people's lives. And that's coming up here in a few weeks, and you don't want to miss that one. That's very, very powerful and important. We recognize that we are illuminaries in this dark and perverse generation. So let's turn to Psalm 16 and verse 11, just verse 11, a prophecy about Jesus Christ being exalted to the right hand of God. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy or full joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, we're so deeply thankful that in Christ, you have raised us up. And you have seated us with him in the heavenly places so that in the future, and we're living it right now, in the future, we might manifest the riches of your grace and your glory and how thankful we are for that, Father. And Lord God, in the last few weeks, we saw that one of these these, uh, pleasures forever is to be able to have sweet fellowship with the brethren as we would uh, grow together in unity the unity that comes from your glory. How thankful we are for that, Holy Father. To realize that we get to enjoy this great and wonderful pleasure now, but it'll even be more so when we are with you in heaven. And so we're deeply thankful. This morning, as we would continue the study on the next uh, pleasure, uh, the next sweet kind of blessing that you bring into our lives as Christians and into eternity, Father, uh, is the sweet fellowship with each other, worshiping together through our acts of service. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to see that's really a great and wonderful, rich blessing filled with pleasure, filled with joy and delight. Help us to see that this morning and and in the next two Sundays, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. In looking up the word pleasure or pleasant, looking at all the many passages of scripture, Job in chapter 36 jumped out of the page for me, and I I hope it will for you. So let's turn to the book of Job and chapter 36. Many of you know that Job uh, really had some very difficult times happen to him. He lost his family except for his loving, sweet kind, gentle, encouraging wife, and uh, uh, he lost, uh, he lost all, all of his earthly possessions. He lost his physical health. The only thing that he really didn't lose was his sweet, adoring, caring, encouraging wife and his life. Uh, he had some friends that came and encouraged him, and uh, honestly, they, can you say they weren't encouraging they shared some pretty impressive things, honestly, with him. And uh, it, when you read uh, Psalms 36, it's kind of interesting that this one particular friend uh, made the statement uh, uh, something like this, uh, uh, for truly my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Wow, talk about a humble friend we have here. And so, uh, but he does share something that I think is critically important for us to recognize as truth in regards to our relationship with God and with each other that is a rich and amazing blessing that we can enjoy now because the kingdom is eternal 
and of course on into eternity. And so let's begin in verse 5. Job chapter 36 and verse 5. Behold, God is mighty, but he does not despise any. He is mighty in strength of understanding. He does not keep the wicked alive, but gives justice to the afflicted. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. But with kings on the throne, he has seated them forever, and they are exalted. And if they are bound in fetters and are caught in the cords of affliction, then he declares to them their work and their transgressions, that they have magnified themselves. He opens their ear to instruction and commands that they return from evil. If they hear and serve him, they will end their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if they do not hear, they shall perish by the sword and they will die without knowledge. Now the reason that I chose this passage of scripture is because it clearly says that they're going to spend their days in prosperity and they're going to enjoy the pleasures throughout their years. And he's talking about kings, righteous ones who are exalted to their throne and that they may lose sight of what they've been granted by God in being exalted to a throne. Now, many of you know that the scriptures clearly teaches that Christians are granted the righteousness of Christ. When we're immersed into Christ, we're given the Holy Spirit, the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of glory. And positionally, we have been granted righteousness, but we have a responsibility to grow in that practicing uh, righteousness, that practicing goodness, that practicing holiness that God has called us to. And so we are seated with him at, in, at his right hand, his right arm. That's where we are right now, spiritually speaking. But is it possible that you could take your eyes off of that truth, that understanding, and fall back into the fetters of sin? In fact, when you are raised up to walk in newness of life, if you are not fully committed to being renewed in your mind, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you're going to struggle and may very well be pulled back into that entanglement. That doesn't mean that God is going to forsake you. If you go to 1 Timothy in chapter 2, it says, even if we are but of little struggling faith, he will not forsake us because he can't forsake himself because we've been united with him as one. But he will do something for you and I hope that you'll respond. Take a look at verse 10, actually 9, 10, and 11. He says, then he declares to them their work and their transgressions that they have magnified themselves. In other words, God is going to be gracious and expose you are not following in my ways. Now he might do that through a, a loving, faithful, trusted brother or sister in Christ. He might do that uh, uh, through the conviction of a sermon. He might do that through a, a card. or He might do that in a whole host of different ways. I'm so thankful that God speaks in a multitude of ways when we need to be talked to by him as a loving father disciplines his children. But notice it says in, in verse nine, it says, and he declares to them their work and their transgressions that they have magnified themselves. And then verse 10, he, God, opens their ear to instruction or discipline, literally 
doctrine, discipline, that they might live within that. And it goes on and it says, and commands that they return from evil. If they hear and serve him, they will end their days or in their days they will share in his prosperity and in your years his pleasure. Now, brethren, the very first thing that we need to do is recognize that there is prosperity for the Christian and that's not monetary, monetarily necessarily so. It could be. If a person can handle the riches, God is more than willing to bless them with the gift of liberality. But the reality is, is that you are blessed now as a Christian with all good things. And we're going to see what this is talking about, this prosperity and this pleasure. We have it right now as we are seated with him in the heavenly places. You can enjoy those pleasures right now, but those pleasures come from obedient servitude. Oh, obedient servitude, really? I'll tell you what, when I was living my wife in wild abandon, I was not happy. I had no joy. Actually, I was quite miserable. I mean, it was fun while the fun lasted, but as soon as the fun was over, I almost instantaneously went back to the darkness in my life. And it was miserable. As I've shared with you before, I'll share again. I hated to be alone because of the voices in my head and the guilt that I drug around with me every single moment of my life. I'm so thankful I was set free. But you know, as a Christian, we can be duped back into falling back into some of that nonsense. And what does that do? It brings that guilt, it brings that frustration, it brings that, that anger, that doubt, that fear. Now, maybe I'm only speaking about me, but I believe that's the case. That doesn't mean you're forsaken of God. That means God wants you to come back home. And so I want to define these terms that I think are very important in chapter 36 and verse uh, 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 11. If they hear and serve him, they will end their days in prosperity. So look at point number one, the foundational terms defined here. So important. The first term is the word here. The Hebrew word shama is the, the Hebrew word that is translated here to hear, to, the audibly hear, a recognized sound. But it's even more than that. If you were to look that up, and I would encourage you to do that, and some of you probably already on it right now, to listen with understanding or intelligence. In other words, you're processing the information that you're hearing from God, his word, from a trusted brother or sister in Christ. But it's more than that. This word includes a responsive obedience. So you hear, you listen, you process, and you allow it to convict you to the point of choosing to obey. The word here, Shama actually means to be a responsive listener leading to obedience. Now, who are you listening to? Go back and look at verse 10 or verse 11. If they hear, hear who? He who opens their minds and their hearts to instruction, of course, to God. And so if you're willing to listen and you're willing to be convicted by the word, 
then you can go to the next, the next step. You can, in your obedience, now have the freedom and the power to serve. And the word serve there is rather interesting. It means to serve or labor with another voluntarily. It's not for money. It's because you desire to. That labor then is a labor of love. It's a labor of devotion. That's what it's actually talking about. So when you hear the Lord calling, calling you back from the abyss, calling you back from the the poor choices that you might have made as a king and that are dragging you down, he's saying, come back and, and obey. And when you obey, you then will serve. And the word serve means to labor with another voluntarily, with a heart of desire. It literally means to worship Jehovah by serving him. Worship by serving him. Now, many of us know worship means to bow down to, to to kiss towards, to humble oneself under another's authority. That's what worship means. It's not, woohoo! That's not worship. Worship is choosing to humble yourself under the authority of a sovereign. Jesus, of course, is our sovereign. And so it's so important for us to recognize then that we are to offer up sacrifices that are pleasing to him. When we talk about worship and service, we are actually talking about offering up sacrifices that are pleasing to him. And I want you to turn right now to look at the sacrifices that Christians are to offer to God. Turn with me to the book of Romans in chapter 12. And and in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it does talk about, in a general statement, our responsibility as Christians, because of his sacrifice for us, to offer ourselves as a living and holy sacrifice. Romans in chapter 12, verse 1 The Apostle Paul writes this about our willing, desirous devotion in worshiping and serving him through our sacrifice. Take a look. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, he has granted you mercy through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Everything this body does, everything this body says, should be an offering sacrifice to God, well-pleasing to him. Reading on, it says, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And it says, of worship. Well, the of worship is not in the original language, but you know what? True worship is going to produce genuine, real, sincere service and sacrifice. You're not going to sacrifice because you have to or to look good. You're going to make the sacrifices because you love God and desire to please him in every respect. Well, think about that for just a moment before we move on to the next word. Think with me. You can serve your your biological, physical dad because you have to, the salute and execute. Do it because you have to. It's duty. How much joy and pleasure is that? I'll tell you it's not. It's not. You could could serve 
quote unquote, serve your employer, salute and execute out of duty. How enjoyable is that? But what if you had the right mindset and you understood that this glorious being, your God, our Father, so loved you, he laid it all down for you, he gave his very best, and he continues to give his very best, and your heart's desire is to please him, and you're laying down your life as a sacrifice, not because you have to, but you're so thankful and excited because he's given you the opportunity to have life and life more abundant. And you want to please him in every respect. I remember trying to please my dad and it never worked. I always came up short. There's a, a kid's show that I've watched a couple times. I kind of messed up the, the Narnia thing. So maybe I'll mess this one up too. So Ben, we're going to, might get you back up here to help me out. Okay, so anyway, uh, Despicable Me, number one. Do you remember his mom? Do you remember that guy's mom? You don't? Gru's mom? Okay, that's good. That's probably okay, although it's a cute movie. Remember, this kid does everything right. He actually builds this rocket ship to go to the moon, and she goes, eh, eh. He does these amazing things. What do you think, mom? Right? Wouldn't it be terrible if you had a mom like that or a dad like that or a boss like that? You do everything you think like, this is amazing. And they go, yeah, whatever, but you could have done this better. Have you had people in your life like that? That's not God. We're going to bring a bunch of scriptures that says that God loves it when you serve him with an honest and good heart out of a heart's desire to please him in every respect. You are his delight. And he wants to pour blessing upon you, upon blessing upon you, if you'll do that. And so when we're talking about prosperity and pleasure forever, it really does come from a heart overflowing with gratitude and giving our lives, humbling ourselves under his service and giving our lives to serve him to please dad. That's what this service is talking about. It's not hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to work I go. And I say, oh yeah! I got another day to serve the Lord. Woohoo! You're saying, really? Is that what it's like at four o'clock in the morning? No. Honestly. But I am thankful to get up because I know who's waiting for me in my office. In fact, he's the guy that helps me get out of bed. I had a weak moment a week or two ago. Oh my goodness. I even went through the beauty sleep thing. Just like that's ever going to help. Man, I need my beauty sleep. I've got a long day. And he goes, get real, get out of bed. Okay, I'm out of bed. You see, there is joy in being with and serving God who loves us and continues to bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. The word prosperity there. The word prosperity, Toby, Good in various forms. It literally means good. God wants to bless you with good. And there's a whole bunch of different ways you can define this, but a good, pleasing, and I love this one, a good, pleasing, happy lot in life. God wants you, wants to grant you a good, pleasing, happy lot in life. Now, what does that mean? You were dealt a crummy lot in life, weren't you? someone might say to you. 
And I, and I might think in my head, well, are you joyfully serving the Lord out of a want to attitude? Because God's going to bless you. See? You're saying, well, it's not working for me. Well, God hasn't fallen down on the job. It must be something that you need to tool up a little bit in your heart or your mind. And that's a lot what these lessons are going to be about. Because I want you to have prosperity now. This kind of prosperity, the rich blessings of goodness that God would give to you in your life. And we're going to bring lots of examples in the future. We're just defining terms. Uh, this word prosperity means to be well off, happy, prosperous. Well, look at Isaiah 3.10. Look at Isaiah 3.10. This might give us a little bit of a reference point. It's, it's used here in Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 10. And uh, in verse 10, he says, uh, uh, <clears throat> not Song of Solomon. That would not work. Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 10 would work much better. Say to the righteous that it will go well with them, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. And then he goes on and says, woe to the wicked, it will go badly with him, for what he deserves will be done to him. I like verse, verse 10 uh, a lot better, don't you? I want to do verse 10. Let's all do verse 10 here. Isaiah chapter, it's the same exact word, prosperity. So that the righteous, that they will live in prosperity, for they will eat the fruit of their actions. In other words, it's the law of the harvest. You give yourself to serving the Lord Jesus Christ as he's called you to, and he promises to bless you. Oh, by the way, remember a hundredfold blessing? What's a part of the hundredfold blessing? You get persecution too. Did you feel a little persecuted this morning, Ben? Oh, I didn't think so. <laughs> and so, and so it's, it's wonderful to realize the blessings that come from this, this service the prosperity, the goodness of good things in your life. Uh, I might just want to quickly throw out there that the, the greatest blessing in my life outside of salvation is my wife. And I mean that. I am so thankful for Sharon. She helps me like you can't even believe. Um, it seems like every time I open my mouth, she's there to clean up. It's really cool. I'm, I'm not, I'm, you so, you're laughing because you know. See, it's, it's pretty mad. And, and she'll even coach me before I open my mouth. And then she's there to clean up after I open my mouth. I mean, I have a great wife, and I'm so thankful for her. God knew exactly who I needed, and he created her. So talk about a good life. And you know what's really interesting is that I so wanted to be married and yet, all these church girls were chasing after me, and I was running as fast as I could run, all right? I was waiting for the one that God had created for me, and I'm so thankful that I did. And so, and praise God. There's, there's many others that we'll share, but I had to share that one this morning. Finally, it says years of pleasure. The word pleasure here is, uh, and we already know this, na'im is the, is the Hebrew word, delightful, uh, 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 pleasurable things. But I also like the word sweet. The word sweet, by the way, is actually a word that's used several different times for the word pleasure in the Hebrew language. In fact, in your calendars, it says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. The word pleasant there, let's put the word sweet in there. I like it. And you could put the word sweet in there. It would work fine. 
Behold how good and how sweet it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. I don't know about you, but it is pretty sweet when people are working together in unity because we're all living in and through the glory of God as magnificent character. And so the last one here that I want to uh, give you is this. There's a song that we sing in the church and it hit me when I was doing this study. There's a song about heaven that we sing. In the sweet by and by, when we meet on that beautiful shore, in the sweet pleasurable, that sounded terrible, by and by. Notice, that's what it's talking about. There's pleasures forever in heaven. And a part of that is, is that we get to serve the Lord. You're saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do up there? And I'm going to say, I don't know. I just know that we'll be serving the Lord together. Now, if you have the answers on what we're going to be doing, I know we're going to be singing some pretty cool songs. Really? No, really, we are going to be singing some really awesome songs together. Why? Well, we'll find out. That's one of the pleasures forever. I can't wait to hear some of you sing in heaven. It's going to be awesome. All right. So point number two. Let's get to point number two. And point number two has three very important things that God is doing for us. Verse 10, going back to the book of Job, verse 10. Two things there that he's doing for us, and I am so, or excuse me, chapter 36, verse 10. So thankful that he is willing to do this for us. We just need to be open to his call. Look at verse 10 again. He opens their ears to instruction and commands that they return from evil. Look at the first one there. The Lord provides instruction. What does that word instruction mean? It means that he's going to give us a standard for our life. We're going off the road. We're going into the ditch. He says, no, 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 this is the way you're supposed to go, the standard. He's going to give us boundaries. I don't like boundaries. He's going to get, you know what? Have you ever liked the ditch before when you're going about 60 miles an hour? The ditch is not your friend. Trees are not your friend either. And so I like boundaries. God gives us boundaries. It helps us to grow when we have boundaries. And so God's word gives us some very specific boundaries for our lives. There's a book out there called Boundaries. I think it's a wonderful book. All right. Discipline is a good thing. Discipline comes from the Lord. The Lord's instruction is given as discipline. Now think about it for just a minute. We've ever been to the store before where kids are not disciplined? They're not given a standard or a structure or a, or a moral code for living in the context of humanity? And they are egocentric and everything belongs to them, including your groceries, your whatever. You've been there, but how many know what I'm talking about? Kids without discipline, without boundaries, without structure. Look out! There's a crash coming, and you're probably going to be involved in it. And so it's important for us to understand that God wants his children not to have those crashes in their life. And so there's boundaries, there's discipline. That's what this is talking about. And so structure gives us power. Structure gives us the ability to serve. But look at the second part here in verse 10. And this is so important because all of these work together. Verse 10 and verse 11. 
and commands that, that they return from evil. That's really repentance. That's what it is. Get away from evil. That's what it's talking about. And so repentance does what? Think about it for just a minute. What does repentance do? It helps you forsake the sin which has bound you up and has created guilt. It's created shame. It's created doubt. It's created fear. It's created an inability to serve the God with a good and honest heart. And so repentance is a critical piece to this, brethren. If you want prosperity and pleasures now and in forever, the repentance process is critical. That's how you get rid of the fear. That's how you get rid of the doubt. That's how you get rid of the guilt and shame. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're never going to have the sweet, sweet joy, the sweet, sweet pleasure of serving him out of devotion rather than out of fear and duty. See, God wants you to be set free. We'll take a look at, at number three. The Lord calls us to obedience. Well, we just define that there in verse 11. If they hear, literally, if they hear and obey, respond. Now, the word if is in the text. If. What is if? If is a powerful word. If gives you the steering wheel, the gas pedal. If gives you the responsibility. If you will hear and obey. That's what that little word here actually means. If you will, prosperity and pleasure. But look at the last one there. The Lord calls us to service. If you'll hear and serve him, then you'll receive prosperity. Then you will receive the pleasures forever. We are called to sacrifice ourselves. What's the greatest idol in the world? What's the greatest idol in anyone's life? The greatest idol is self. All other idols feed self. And self is ravenous. And so remember, we need to crucify the old man. We need to deny self and take up our cross and lay our lives down each day for the Lord Jesus Christ because we want to. Then the pleasures come. And you know what's really awesome? Is when we serve together, you get a double whammy. What's that? We get to serve together in what? Unity. And that's a pleasure in and of itself. But when we serve together, worshiping the God for his intent purposes, man, the blessing is multiplied. Brethren, this is an awesome thing to recognize that God desires your prosperity, your good things coming your way. God desires that you have deep and abiding pleasure, that life is sweet. He desires that for you right now and right on into eternity. But how do we get it? How do we get it? Through sacrifice of self as we serve the Lord by serving others. And we're gonna work on that next week. Because service can be an actual pleasure. And I'm gonna show you how that actually works. Now, I don't want you to think service is a four-letter word because it's not. It really isn't. It's a word that brings huge blessings to Christ Jesus and to those who would serve him. 
with a heart that's free from the fetters and the bondage of the world. And so I'm looking forward to next week, and I want to close with one last little verse. If you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed with some of the stuff going on in your life, and you've maybe responded a little wonky, you're not alone. Okay? You're not alone. And so this verse I'm about to read in conclusion will help you realize that God really does love you. And so you had a hiccup or two this last week. Maybe it was a real bonehead. I don't know. God knows. And you're beating yourself up. Now look, there's a wonderful promise from God. He desires your pleasure in you serving him. Let's go to the book of Matthew in chapter 11 in closing this morning. Matthew 11, verse 28, 29, and 30. Just a really sweet passage of scripture. And uh, memorizing this, there's so much just great stuff here in regards to a promise from the Lord. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon uh, uh, take my yoke upon you and, and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in, in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a service to be done by the church but it's a service that is light, that is joyful and the things that we do because of duty and have to in the world so crushing but the ones we do for the Lord Jesus Christ when we come to him to please him in every respect that he might give us the rest and the power to serve that's what we're talking about the abundant life and so let's talk about the pleasures forever in the right hand right arm of God more next week let's pray father thank you and praise you for your word. It's so amazing when we begin to, to dissect particular concepts and then we open those up so we can see what they actually look like. And then when we open them up more so we can see what they practically look like on a day-to-day basis. And, and that's what we're going to be doing next week when we talk about these uh, 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 acts of service motivated by a heart of, of worship, a, a heart of humility before you. Father, I'm excited about next week. I'm excited about about what that means in regards to how we accomplish this, Lord. And then, of course, the sweet and rich uh, prosperity and, and pleasures that would come our way. Father, help us to stay the course. Help us to learn these things. But more importantly, help us to live them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's stand and, and uh, get all excited. Jesus said to what? He said to... Go! Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go do it. Thank you much. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org 
or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.